Hey guys, Shannon here. So wanted to come on real quick and say that Alex and I recorded this episode last Thursday. So right after the release of episode five of Andor. And obviously that means that we missed New York City Comic Con. There was higher public stuff, blah, 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 yada, yada. But the main reason I wanted to come on here is because my microphone was messed up last week. I didn't catch it till I started editing this episode. So it was too late to really do anything about it. It's gonna sound a little bit weird. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up and say, Thank you so much for bearing with us. But conversation is still good. I think this episode was too good to scrap. So I hope you guys enjoy. everybody welcome back to lipstick and lightsabers i am shannon and i'm alex and we are here with you for another episode another issue of andor beat magazine this concept like not to toot our own horn but like (laughs) i'm obsessed with it (laughs) no i i'm obsessed with it too um and i'm excited to make a new magazine cover for this week I'm excited to write the episode description for this week. Like, I was just giggling to myself the whole time I was writing it. Like, this is so fun. And, like, we're going to talk all about... There's so many good things in these past two episodes. Like, Andor is truly so good. We're getting so much good TV in general right now. That's what I was Um, talking about earlier. Like... There's so much rings, good things happening. Yeah, like Rings of Power. So um, the last one we watched would be episode seven. seven? Yeah. Um, There's two episodes it was great. Either way. Yeah. Episode seven was great. Like that end. Like, I, I don't know what Rings of Power did, but they really upped the ante this week. It was crazy. Yeah, it's, it's going so well. I think I am finally also going to bite the bullet and watch House of Dragon. I still haven't seen mm-hmm. the top class, but I just mm-hmm. saw, um, oh, I can't think of her name, but she's she's one of the actresses that we really like from the original series. She was also in Dark Crystal. Oh, Anya Taylor-Joy. No, 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 Wait, no. She played Dark. She played oh, Eman- I was going to say, yeah, Emmanuel. Um, Emmanuel. Natalie Emmanuel. Na- Natalie. Yeah. I saw her yeah. tweet about the show and she's obsessed with it. So to me, yeah. like, that is a really good example. Yeah. Her character was done dirty on Game of Thrones. Yeah. So for her to, you know, say that she's enjoying this show and I'm sure she has feelings like, about that her character. That is such a good yeah. indicator. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't believe everybody about how good it is. But. I, I will say, so like so far, my favorite episodes have been episodes four and five. Mm-hmm. And those were like the last two episodes with the uh, younger actresses playing Allison and Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. Um, and then episode six was the 10-year time jump, which I... Did not like. <laughs> I I think that the new actors are great and everything, and but 
there was just so much missing data. Like, it was just, like, 10 years later, and, like, they have, they're adults. They have, like, wives. They have children. They're having affairs. Like, okay. Like, how did this happen? Like, you know, I wanted, there was a specific relationship that would have been nice to see develop a little bit. So I think that it'll work, it would have worked better if there was one episode between the two. Like, a five, maybe, like, five years or something. So it felt weird. And then this last episode, um, I enjoyed a lot more. Um, but it was, well, I'm sure you've seen the memes of, like, how dark the episode was. Like, yes. there was, like, no lighting. Yes. There was, like, no lighting. But story-wise, I liked it better than the previous one. Yeah, basically, everything I'm going off of is the memes. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> even I was surprised at how dark it was. Because, like, I, I see all the gift sets. And obviously the gift sets are edited. So I saw a side-by-side with somebody who had edited it versus the actual. And, like, I was, like, they really released it like that? Like, Yeah. My dad said to me, he's, like, were they, like, trying to save money on lighting? Like, what was happening? They they kept saying that it was a choice. Like, they made the choice to do that. And I'm, like, it was a bad choice. Well, we had a couple episodes directed by women, which were great. And then we had this episode directed by a man. Um, <laughs> and you know what? So there was, so, so I mean, like Game of Thrones is known for its sex scenes. Um, usually being not great, being um, very male gaze, like very hand, heavy handed on the male gaze. So like there was a sex scene in this episode. And while I do think that it was better than a lot of the Game of Thrones ones, you it was not as good as some of the like more intimate scenes that were done in House of Dragon directed by a woman. Like, Mm -hmm. it did feel, it felt to me like it was a man trying to grasp the female gaze and Mm. didn't quite get it. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what it felt like to me. Um, But the lighting also probably didn't help. So, yeah. Yeah. That also reminds me, so Rings of Power has, like, three main directors. And the last episode we saw and then the next two to end out the series are all done by the same woman. And yeah, I'm like, I'm looking forward to it because like, I, the romance vibes, the romance vibes in the last episode between two different couples were really good. Really good. Really, really good. good. Yeah. Um, speaking of, so here's the thing. Um, I'm stupid. Let me start (laughs) off by saying that. So like, this is along the same line. I am stupid. I forgot to watch She-Hulk last week, and I didn't realize that till I was watching this week's episode. Because I thought I was watching this week's episode, which I was really excited about. I got spoiled on it. Alex was telling me some things, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so excited. And so I still haven't seen it. By the time this episode comes out, I'll have watched it. But like, as I'm recording this, I'm just sitting here like, <sighs> I was supposed to have seen this episode. It'll- It'll be worth the wait. And the episode you did watch was a very good episode. It was like good. She-Hulk doesn't miss. To be honest, like She-Hulk just does not miss. It, um, it, they're doing such a good job of like capturing what it feels like to be like a woman in the world. Especially like uh, like later 20s, 30s. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I, I Someone in that- their career, I guess. Yeah, and the, the episode that I did watch um, is when she, like, really opens up about, like, 
feeling how she's afraid that people don't like her for her and all of that. And it, it, it felt like she was perfectly describing like some imposter syndrome and like things like that. And it just was really rewarding to see. Yeah, totally. And, um, and then this week you'll get the treat. I'm ready for the treat. Listen, I, I was screaming like, oh my god! I'm ready. I'm so ready. I'm gonna watch it when we're done with this episode. I'm gonna go watch it, and then I'll probably have to like play Dreamlight Valley because I don't think I'll be able to like go to sleep after. <laughs> <laughs> you need to calm your brain. I'm gonna calm down. <laughs> Yeah, I like. I'm still like amped from it, and I'm like, oof, oof. It was good. <laughs> and well, that also brings us to so like one of our recommendations is this game. It's called Disney Dreamlight Valley. Me, Alex, and our two friends have been playing this game religiously. Yeah, it's We're taken obsessed. up our lives. I it's don't really do anything good. Else. I like honestly like I don't think that Disney is necessarily known for making good games yeah at least in like um the last 10-15 years or so at least in then because like I know people love like the Aladdin game and like the Lion King game from like was it like the late 90s yeah I don't really remember the last time that they were known for making like good games Mm -hmm. um and this is like really good i will say like there are some bugs that they still need to work out but i'm so frustrated with a bug that i have right now (laughs) (laughs) and i think and i think the switch is buggy the switch version is buggier than the pc version Mm -hmm. um and i don't know anyone playing on like um playstation or xbox so i don't know if it's similar to the switch version um but yeah, I think the PC version is probably your best bet if you're going to download it. Um, but I do like the portability of the Switch. Yeah. <laughs> well, because we, we talked about this, like we like to just like sit around and like watch like we're both. St- it's fall. We had to restart Gilmore Girls, obviously. So we'll sit there, and, you know, watch Gilmore Girls and play Dreamlight Valley. And I remember seeing stills and everything of it and like. I play, like, Stardew and Minecraft and Animal Crossing and all that. So I'm, like, I I was expecting it to be, like, a farming simulator. And, and, like, it is. But, like, I got it because of, like, the questing stuff. Because, like, you downloaded it and you were talking about that. And the quests and, like, the the story is so good. Yeah. Like, I wasn't expecting that. It's really interesting to see different characters interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Kristoff interacting with, like, Goofy. Yeah. They want to be That's a duo. Friend. Like, well, and, like, I'm... So, the bug I have right now, I'm on, like, one of the last Wally quests. Like, let, let me just say, like, Wally is my ride or die. Yeah, I love him he's so, so cute. Much. I love him so I, much. We garden together. I was, um, I was fishing the other day, and I just heard him, like, singing in the bathroom. Like, he he was just singing. He does his little song. He's so cute. Um, But his, like, one of his last quests, you have to interact with Ariel, which actually makes a lot of sense, because they both, like, collect stuff, which is so cute. That's so (laughs) adorable. But I have this bug where they won't 
spawn together. And all I have to do to finish yeah. this quest is just listen to them talk. And they will I mean, not. I've had issues with the water character spawning yes. too, like Ursula. I can't stand doing anything with Ariel or Ursula. <laughs> and then even when, like... Like, I can see Ariel, and she's out in the ocean. Yeah, you like, can't I'm get like, there, I need like, to talk somewhere to you. you can't reach them. And she's, like, swimming out in the ocean. I'm like, I need you to come to shore to talk mm-hmm. to me. Like, sometimes you can, like, get them to come to you if you, like, start fishing. Because everybody has to flock around you oh, when you fish so that they yeah. can flap when you get it's so annoying. It's so annoying. I'm like, can you not? Can you, not- can you go away? <laughs> I'm okay. like... I'll invite you if you want to, f- if, like, I want you to be there. Yeah. I, um, I made Remy follow me around this morning, and having Remy follow you around is the funniest thing. <laughs> it's just a rat running behind <laughs> you. <laughs> like, I, I've been trying to level up, like, Anna and Kristoff and Elsa, because that story, fan fiction, angsty, so good. Oh, 10 out of 10. Love these tropes. I just keep leveling them up because I'm like, I am so invested in this story right now. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, if you want to become completely obsessed with something and, like, forget to watch She-Hulk and other things, download Disney Dreamlight Valley. (laughs) It's, It's, like, honestly, like, so much better than I thought it'd be. It's yeah, like the world is just like bigger than I guess. Like the scope is bigger than I thought it would be too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm it's excited for it to get too. updates. Yeah, like yeah. and it's gonna get updated to have other characters be added. Like, um, I know that like on the load screen, there's like Bell and Stitch, and people mm-hmm. are pissed that like they haven't been added yet or something. But I yeah, think I'm, I'm I heard Buzz is coming soon. Well, because like he's in Lodi. He's in one of the trailers. Like, there's a ton of characters in the trailers. And obviously, you. So, like, in the game, you unlock, like, little memories and stuff. And I was, like, going through the castle, and I'm like, are these the only characters I can unlock? And I kept thinking that surely something else was going to happen. So, I guess it is the updates will come. No, there's going to be. There's definitely going to be updates. I forget when they said the first one's going to be, if they said, like, a season. Or, like, how many months from now. Um, hmm. But at least there's still a lot to do right now. Like, I mean, I still feel like I have a lot to do. Yeah, there's a lot of characters that I haven't, like, fully leveled yet. And I haven't yeah. even, like, decorated, like, hardly anything. No, I I'm know. I'm just running around. And that's the other thing is that, like, my eye, like, compared to, like, Animal Crossing, like, Animal Crossing, I spent so much time making my island look beautiful. Mm-hmm. And in this, like, my island looks like trash. It does. Because I'm just, like, running around doing stuff yeah. for people. <laughs> and, like, new flowers and, like, and, like, branches and stuff spawn so often that your island becomes a mess so quickly. Mm-hmm. Especially in the plaza, there's so many branches. Yeah, <laughs> I do like that you can move just about anything, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't cost you anything. Like it's that not is. like Tom Nook saying like I'm going to charge you this much money to move your house. Like you can and just you have to wait house. 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, at least in this, as soon as you pay Scrooge McDuck, like it's done. <laughs> So, 
our um, we have a couple other recommendations. One of them kind of bleeds more into news, but Alex finally watched all of um, his Dark Materials, and there yeah. was a panel today. It's New York City Comic Con, right? Yeah. So um, they announced season three is officially coming, which is very exciting. Yeah, it's coming out in about two months, I believe. I'm excited. His Dark Materials is very good. Yeah. I just, like, love Andrew Scott so much. <laughs> He's great. He is very, very good. Um, and then, Alex, do you want to talk about this last recommendation that bleeds into well, this? Yeah, I don't know if this is a recommendation or not, because if you're staying up till midnight every night, then I don't, I don't think I recommend that. But at the same time, I'm doing it, because Taylor Swift is chaotic. <laughs> So, like, by the time this comes out, like, we'll know whether or not, like, things happened. Yeah. So, okay. Midnight's album comes out October 21st, which is about two weeks from now. And she has been revealing song track titles at midnight. And she revealed Karma. And then she laughed. And she laughed. And now it's Thursday night. We are about three hours from midnight, um, and I'm scared. (laughs) I am terrified. Yeah, like, I I almost feel like we would have to do, like, a whole episode to just explain why, like, this move was so chaotic. Because if you don't know, like, it's so... Um... Well, the the simple way to say it is that there is a conspiracy theory that Taylor Swift was going to release an album in 2016 called Karma, and it ended up getting scrapped because of the whole uh, Kanye thing, and then she released um, Reputation in 2017. So um, Taylor, like, follows her fans pretty religiously, um, so she knows about the conspiracy theory, be it true or not. She knows about what the fans think of Karma, so... Even if karma never existed, her making this move was chaos. Well, and, like, people have put together that, like, exactly 11 months ago, because this is track 11, (laughs) that's when Blake Lively posted a thing with, like, not a lot going on at the moment, which is a Taylor Swift thing. And she's directed Taylor Swift video before. Which is one of my favorite videos, I might say. I love it. Um, so do we think that Blake Lively is directing the Karma music video? I, listen, like, I, yeah, I do. (laughs) I think, I think Midnight is the third sister, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I I think it was always the third sister. Yeah. Do you think that, um, Midnight is the middle child? The second, like, this happened, especially with, like, the the midnights and the moon and the stars and all this, like, I am, like, Taylor Swift is invoking the triple goddess, okay? Yeah. So we have the maiden, the mother, and the crone. And, like, naturally you would think that they go in order, but... Midnight's is not the crone, I don't think. Midnight's is not the crone. I think Evermore is the crone, and I think Folklore is the maiden, which would make Midnight's the mother... And that mm-hmm. makes sense because the mother is actually a warrior and, like, fights. She's, like, a fighter. She mm-hmm. defends what she loves, what she believes in. Like, she's not, you know, just 
a docile mother figure. And I, I do think we're kind of seeing that with Midnight's. Yeah. I'm getting reputation vibes from Midnight's. Yeah. Especially coming up with the karma. A lot. It It's going to be good, I think. Like, I, I think this album is going to be at the same time like blank space look what you made me do but also archer and mirror ball i think it's yeah gonna be I'm, both you know i'm kind of hoping that because i mean 1989 did get a lot of critical acclaim and reputation didn't um for whatever reason now i think it's getting a lot more love than it did at the time but i'm hoping that Midnight's, you know, gets recognized for what it is right now. And it's mm-hmm. not too ahead of its time, I guess, in the way Reputation was. Because um, she deserves that. Uh, the last thing before we get into Andor is that Path of Deceit officially came out. Um, so it's been about a week when this video mm-hmm. comes out. I am, I'm like 100 pages out. I'm going to finish it this weekend, which means that by the time you're listening to this, the video should be prepped and ready. So it's coming. <laughs> I'm almost there. It's so good. It is so good. I also started reading um, Justina's other new book that came out in September, Rust in the Root. I'm only a bit, like an hour into it, and it's already very, very good so far. I love Justina Ireland. She's amazing. Oh, I thought of one other news item oh. because it just was said today. Um, Glass Onion is going to be in theaters. That's over right. the U.S. Thanksgiving weekend, just one week only, and then in the vaults forever. No, then <laughs> the on Netflix. It's going back into the Disney vault. Yeah. Um. So that's really exciting. I'm definitely gonna be seeing it that week. I'm yes. not waiting for Netflix. <laughs> no, I I will definitely see it that week. Not like I don't understand why it's not getting a longer theatrical release because like knives out is so good though it's netflix this is the first time that netflix is doing something like this i mean the potential for money like it's gonna make a lot of money i mean it's it's the long weekend it's gonna make a ton of money i think mm-hmm. and netflix is gonna start considering it for other releases and i and i think maybe like longer um Doing it as a preview is really smart, saying, you know, like, you mm-hmm. get to see this a, m- a month early. If you yeah, see which it will generate theaters. a lot of buzz. And then when it's good, because it will be, people mm-hmm. will watch it again and again and again. And, like, the yeah. people who didn't see it will have heard all the buzz and will watch mm-hmm. it. Like, I it's mean- a good boom. Disney Plus is kind of doing this model anyways, um, because... Lightyear went on to Disney Plus pretty soon after it was in theaters, right? Like, mm-hmm. maybe a, a bit over a month, like maybe two months. I don't know. Yeah, it, they're definitely, like, not keeping movies, like, in theaters as long. Like, they're putting them on Disney Plus. Yeah. Which I, I do think is good for some things, um, especially, like, in this post-COVID world. Like, it is nice to... Like, you can go to the theater, but then, like, if you can't or still don't feel yeah. comfortable, like, it's still going to be accessible. Yeah, you can gauge for yourself, like, how badly you want to see this movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, if if r- risking going to the theater is something that you would do or not. Mm-hmm. 
So with that, I think we are ready to talk about our messy little boy, Cassian Andor, or should I say Clem? Clem. What a name. However, that was his, I guess, like adoptive father in a way. Um, that mm-hmm. was the guy with was it was it Marta was that her name? Uh, Marva. Marva, yeah. So that was the guy traveling with Marva. Is Clem Andor? I want like it makes me think like what their relationship was like. We haven't had a flashback in two episodes. No flashback. Intra- you're right. There hasn't mm-hmm. been any. I hope there are some soon. I I kind of think that we're. We're going to return to Ferrix, I think, eventually, and see what happened with Marva. I think we're going to meet back up with Bix at some point. I I like that this show is really taking its time to breathe. Like, you can tell that they were like, we know how many episodes this is going to be. And so we're going to pace it to be that many episodes. Like, there is no, like... We have a season. We'll see where it goes. Like they know what they're doing, and no, they're 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 developing characters. They're developing they're characters, and like we talked about this. So, um, the writer, what was his name? Tony Gilroy. Gilroy. Yeah. yeah. Um. He you you told me that he did say he wrote these in like three episode arcs. So we're doing four and five right now. So like the end of this arc will be next week mm-hmm. i think like and, being and being inspired by like clone wars that mm-hmm. way is really smart really really good can i just say like the the only other thing that has been paced this well with tv that i could think of off the top of my head is tangled the series <laughs> <laughs> Like, that show knew where it was going. It knew what it was doing. It, yeah. It was paced really well. Like, in this, like, I see people, I go on to the Andor tag to look at, like, memes and edits and all that. And all I see are people talking about how this show is slow. It's boring. Nothing's happening. I'm like, do you not understand <laughs> the development that's happening? We are laying the foundation. Yeah, but um, I think... Shows like, uh, especially Mandalorian season two, I think we're getting a lot of like instant gratification. That's very true. Um, so people are getting used to that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, like, th- this is like really playing the long game. Yeah, and I, I will say, like, I think with every episode, the show just gets better and better and better. Like, episode five is so good. Like, it's probably the best Star Wars TV we've had. And listen, I loved Obi-Wan. And I think I think Andor and Obi-Wan are kind of hard to compare. Yeah, I was going to say that. Kenobi is a miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely feels more like, um, almost like a TV movie in the sense of, like, you know how, like, BBC will do, like, long, mm-hmm. like, sh- long form kind of movie or like you could call them pride and prejudice yes yes yeah like (laughs) kenobi's like that Mm. that's what kenobi is and then andor is like let's develop these characters let's like let's breathe from series Mm -hmm. um let's breathe it's like gilmore girls 
<laughs> like Gilmore Girls. <laughs> it goes in seasons. I do think like the character development we are seeing here. I do think Kenobi also had that. Um, it was just mm-hmm. on a smaller scale. It's tight, and their their like time was tighter. Yes, like they had a lot to do in a short amount of time. Um, and I think that they use that time very well. Mm-hmm. But with Andor, we have so much more time that they're able to breathe. Um, there's like a beauty in just like enjoying the cinematography of Andor, like. It, you know, this show is giving, like, this the filmmakers opportunity to um, show, like, the, you know, the environments. Like, we're seeing these highlands in Star Wars, and we've never seen anything like this. The ghosts. Um, you know, showing nature, showing animals, showing the way that people are just, like, living there every day. And I think there's something really beautiful and, like, something that you can appreciate about that. It makes the Star Wars universe feel so real. Mm-hmm. Like, it just seeing these rebels, because, like, in these two episodes, like, we are finally introduced to the rebellion a little bit. Like, we see a rebel cell, we see Mon Mothma. The way we see life on Coruscant versus the life on Aldani is. just unparalleled and we've never seen it like this before like sure we've Mm -hmm. seen people living on coruscant versus people like living in the outer rim but it's always had like a similar star wars feel whereas this like you really feel the class difference you really feel where the pressure of the empire is sitting and that's like we haven't done that Mm -hmm. before and you also feel, like, nature versus, like, industry. Oh, 100%. And, like, they talk about in, like, these highlands how, like, the, the people lived and where they were and how, like, the people have been driven out. And mm-hmm. knowing that, you can kind of make a parallel to Kanari um, and how the people were driven out there. Yeah, totally. And then you see that, op- mm-hmm. you see that opulence and that glitz and glamour of Coruscant. But, you know, the underbelly of it is still yeah, there. It's like a gilded cage. No, Mon Mothma is in a cage. Yeah. Like, I, where where do we want to start? Do we want to start with? We, we want to start with Cassie. We want to start with Mon. Like, where where do you want to go? We want to start with Cyril. Like, where do we want to go? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let's I'm sorry, with, guys. Like, we are a we are a Cyril stand account. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, I think we should start with Cassian, with Clem. Okay. The introduction of Clem. Introduction of Clem. So following last episode, we're on uh, Luthen's ship, and Luthen's gonna drop off Cassian. And Cassian, it's it's kind of funny because Cassian's under the impression that, like, you know, Luthen's the boss of it all. Like, he is the master of everything. And now Luthen's gonna drop him off with these the cell of rebels and he's not staying yeah, he's, he's leaving like, you're like your options are basically this or you're gonna die because if i drop you off somewhere else you're gonna get recognized so this this is all you're getting so the other thing that luthan does is he gives cassian a kyber crystal insurance and he, insurance and he basically says like you know i want this back 
you're going to give this back to me when you're done this mission. I feel like Luthen is just, they made you set these expectations for him. And then he just went in like a completely different direction. And like, that's not a bad thing. Because when he was introduced, like we said, you know, he was very like hard. He knew what he was doing. Like he's kind of feisty, like what's going on. And Cassian felt it. We felt it. Like, is he in charge of this rebel cell? Like, obviously he's working with Mon Mothma and like he drops him off and he's like, you know, I'm going to pay you to do this job. And then he leaves. And we see that like in reality, he operates this museum and is just working within Coruscant, like under the radar. And he puts on a front for that. Obviously, I think everybody is wearing a mask that is operating within the Empire's, you know, reaches. But in the fifth episode, you see how much he cares about this mission. He is so nervous knowing that these rebels are about to pull off this job. And like the reason he threw Cassian in is because he felt like they weren't going to be able to pull it off. And now he's worried about that. And like, it felt so complex and deep. And I just never expected like the character that we were presented with at the beginning to develop into this. Cassian's this, you know, I wouldn't even call him like a good guy. Like he's, He's so complicated, and um, and I think the interesting thing about all these characters is that they each have a different motivation to why they're going against the Empire. Mm-hmm. Like, they all have very different reasons. Um, and, you know, this, this kind of group reminds me of Atlantis a little bit. It does, um, though. It literally does. Like, I agree with you. There's trust problems within the group, and I think that is what I kind of, like, saw like connection between these two things is that no one really trusts each other and they're all kind of there for their own reasons a lot of them are there um for selfish reasons some not so much um the only thing uniting them is that they don't like the empire yeah and it's not even that like they believe in something bigger or they're fighting for justice like they just have been wronged by the empire and it their trauma is all rubbing up against each other and they're getting triggered by each other. And it's because they are all just closed off and are just trying to do something. So introduce us. We get a lot of new characters. So we don't really get to see any of our old characters except for Cyril. Um, but otherwise mm-hmm. we don't see anybody else from Ferrex again. So we're introduced to several new people with the rebels yeah so the first one we're um introduced to is vel which both of us we recognize her from fleabag um she's obsessed with guinea pigs and fleabag yeah she's very different in the show (laughs) yeah so vel is kind of the leader of the group um she i think I, i feel like she demands respect of the group I don't think she necessarily expects trust, but she demands respect, I think, between every member. And she kind of gets questioned about bringing Clem into this group, doesn't have any way to explain to them, like, who this guy is. But also she's like, well, we can't afford not to have him because we're, like, six people. 
Well, and they, she was really stressing because she is not happy when he is brought in either, obviously, um, because they've been deep undercover, like setting this up for months and they throw Cassian in. I think it's like three days before they're going to like pull off this mission. And they're not prepared. They're not prepared. We learn later that they're, that... I, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, but I can tell you for sure they would fail without Cassian. They might I, still fail. I mean, like, they ask, they're trying to, like, drill Cassian and, like, get him going and all this. And, like, Cassian, like, notices these little things and he's just like, um, did you not know plot this? Holes. He finds all the plot holes. Little plot holes. And, like, the way he sees, like, these people are terrified. They're so scared, mm-hmm. but like they don't have another choice because if they're not fighting, if they don't do this, then like there's no point, you know? Yeah. Um, cause we're also introduced to, um, a man named Arvel Skeen, um, who is very suspicious of Cassian. Um, he doesn't believe anything about him, but like we find out the reasons he's here and like it, it is revenge. Like, yeah, he is here for revenge, and I think he's a very closed-off person. And really, him and Cassian are very similar. And I think if the roles had been reversed, like that's exactly the role Cassian would have been in. Yeah, would have been questioning who this outsider is. Yeah. So we also have Gorn, who is a double agent. Mm-hmm. He is working within the Empire, but he is sneaking off to their little uh, rebel base to give them info. Do you? Okay. So like we find out that the reason he's helping them is something about falling in love with the girl from the town and getting and he devoted. loves the planet. Like he loves that planet or whatever. Yeah. And like it, it came back to bite him or something. But Cassian mm-hmm. is, like, so suspicious of him. I mean, I think this dude is just, like, it's of circumstance. Like, like a lot of people mm-hmm. being pushed into careers in the Empire and not necessarily sharing the beliefs or understanding what they got themselves into in the first place. I don't know. I'm not I agree with that. of him. I don't think he's going to turn on them. I don't think so either. And I think that... If he does, it's not going to be like in a, oh my goodness, like how could you possibly do this way? Like I I think it would be in a, like his back was up against the wall and he had no other choice. Like he's covering his own, yeah, he's covering his own ass when they get caught. Like there's nothing else he can do. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I think that could happen. If he does turn on them, I think like we will understand. It'll be too late. To yeah. save them, kind of it, thing. Exactly. I, I, I definitely see that. Um, my favorite of the group is um, Karis Nemec, or Karis Nemec, however baby you say boy. his name. He is a baby boy. With He's his writing little, a manifesto. His, his manifesto. Like, I would listen to him talk about oppression and communism and <laughs> all that. <laughs> like, he's just he's so young and like the thing is is I I was really struck by how Cassian is supposed to be pretty young like he's supposed to be about 21 and this kid is like (laughs) he is a kid you know like I know Cassian is is he's (laughs) it's it's so fun like nothing against Diego Luna but every time I think about 
Cassian being he's a grown man. I have to, la- I have to laugh. All yeah, over. I know. Like he, he comes off as a grown man. So like seeing this like kid who is like definitely a kid, like his youngness is very apparent, and obviously he has been touched by the empire. He understands this oppression. Like he wants to fight back against it, but he's got this like idealism and this hope that is very much in contrast to how jaded our other characters are. Totally. I agree with that. Um, I think that it's all doom and gloom and they needed a character to like bring up the group a little bit. Well, we don't have um, B anymore. Like, so they have to (laughs) give us somebody I, I hope so. We- like I said, like I think we're gonna go back to Ferrix. Like I don't think we're done there. Yeah. Um, like this is so. Before I talk about why, but like we also get Senta, um, who's really fun, and it is. I mean, it's Star Wars, so like it's. I, I wouldn't like start like screaming and crying and jumping yet, but I I do think Vel and Senta like are together, and that is mm-hmm. implied. I hope they give us more in the next episode about that yeah. though. Mm-hmm. And Cinta heals Cassian, which is kind of like a cool scene. I don't know. Like, she's a healer. Like, 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 she's very um, feminine, which mm-hmm. I like. She feels very strong and very feminine. Like, like I was saying, like with the mother, like she embodies like that part of like the triple goddess, like the mother archetype. Yeah, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um. So the reason I think we're going to go back to Ferrix is because of our our boy Cyril, who's having a terrible, no good, very bad day. Uh, Baby li- boy. Listen, so like all he does in episode four is go home. Well, like, he gets fired. Yeah, he gets fired. Um, yeah. He changes into civilian clothes, which is and like a, a sleigh. He's rocking it. It's he a sleigh. Yeah, <laughs> and he goes to a space airport which is just like a whole mood and yeah. he goes home and he like he goes to his mother's house which is like an apartment and I'm, I'm guessing like this is might be like where he grew up like I think this is like his childhood home and his mom is like not happy to see him she slaps him she's giving very much like Greek Italian mom type of vibes you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah and he is, he's a man who, like, doesn't know what he's doing right now. And she keeps reminding him that, like, he doesn't know what he's doing. And, like, at the end of episode five, he pulls out that hollow of Cassian. So, like, I do think he's having his... Wants to make a name for himself. Yeah. I, I think he's having, like, a Jean Valjean moment. And I think he's going to go after Cassian. And I, I love that this is going to be like Les Mis. I, I know. Like, <laughs> it, it's so Les Mis. And, and I think he's going to go back to Ferrix. Like he's going to have to start there. You know? He's going to be like um, a private, a PI. <laughs> private investigator. Yeah. Like I, I think he's going to start there and ask around. And I just... The scenes with him are just so good. Like nothing is happening, but like He's just this, so sad. This actor is like doing so much. 
Yeah, he. I agree with you. I think he really is. Even if it's just his posture, mm-hmm. like there's something about like the way he sits when his mom is telling him like how disappointed she is in him. She's like, you know, like at least like you could have had me part of your life when you were succeeding at things. Like I couldn't believe she said something like that. Um, and when he even tells her, it's him- like it's not like you came and visited me. Like, yeah, oh. yeah. And she serves him cereal. Oh my the god. The blue cereal. The blue cereal. He had some cocoa puffs with blue milk. Mm-hmm. I'm I am obsessed. Absolutely yeah. obsessed. And Star Wars already released a recipe and that's like literally Captain Crunch for, c- for cereal bars. Yeah. Yeah, like I just what you said about the pas- the posture though, like looking at him even when he's not saying anything or even if he's just like sighing and like responding or whatever, like you can see all over him how he was so proud of himself, like in that job that he had and he truly thought he was doing the right thing and he lost it all. And now he's back restarted and his mom is telling him that he's a failure and he should have contacted uncle. What's his name? And I'm like, Oh gosh, what's the family business? Like what's going on? Um, and he just looks so defeated. He needs so much therapy. Yeah. Poor boy. He just is really giving me, like, relatable vibes. (laughs) Do you think, do you think that he is motivated by his mom's approval? Like, he's seeking out his mom, like, like, do you think that he's been that kind of kid who's always looked for his parents approval and that's why i mean i definitely think nobody has ever told him that they are proud of him Mm, like i i definitely think it it, like if this was like his dad like i would say oh 100 like it's daddy issues but like it's definitely still mommy issues like i i think he's never had that approval which we did talk about like obviously we were off the mark with certain things about Cyril's life but we had talked about him being a disappointment and we were mm-hmm. right like yeah he he is a disappointment because well, I think for a different reason I think maybe we caught on to that because he was overcompensating on a lot of things he was trying like, very hard yeah I I, I love that they they threw that in there because it's not explicit like it's very subtle and i love that they let us as an audience pick up on that Mm -hmm. which is just like that's why i love his scene so much and i know so many people still don't like his character but like they're just so well done his character is Mm -hmm. written so well well that's what i was saying like he is primed for fan fiction Mm -hmm. because there is um so many layers to his character and you get those layers through things small little acting choices that this actor is making Mm -hmm. because like we're watching him and we're like that's a virgo that's a virgo i've never i've i've never watched a star wars character and known more in my heart that that was a virgo Mm -hmm. and that and that (laughs) like like he was a disappointment and like and that he is very fat he we knew he was a fashionista before we saw him out of his work clothes. And he was out there serving. <laughs> I have never felt, like, this confident about a character 
like understanding him. Like, yeah, I just like to me, I like know, I, I feel like, like it's it's all right there. Like he's there's re- so he's much a real said. character. He's he a real so life real. person. Yes, like I, this is a man who has worked so hard and tried to do everything right. He tried to do everything by the book, and he still failed. And like that is just so good. That's some yeah. good tropes. And I definitely think like I, not that I don't think he's like a good guy. I don't necessarily think mm-hmm. he's a bad guy either. I think everybody in the show is just is so complex. But I think that he is going to go down this path of revenge almost, which we are yeah. also seeing with the rebels. We mm-hmm. are also seeing it with the rebels. Yeah. And I I really do like that. I think the only other thing to talk about, um, especially since we haven't like finished up this arc, um, going into the next episode, like we are going to see if the mission succeeds or fails. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about that after Mon or do you want to talk about that now? Let's talk about Mon and then okay. we can kind of do predictions for next episode. Okay. So Mon Mothma. Wow. Oof. She's going through it too. She I, honestly, like, I, I like hesitate to say like who my favorites are or like my favorite scenes because like everything is just working so well together. So I, I want to talk about the the gallery season scene first before we get into her family, maybe because mm-hmm. we don't actually meet her family until after this scene. So she um, is meeting with Luthen in his gallery. Mm-hmm. I guess he has like into antiquities and like art and stuff. It, and it's he, it's giving it's giving Doc Ondars, yeah, but, like so upscale. He, he is like selling things, um, and she comes in looking for something for her husband, which um, later what I come to understand is it's kind of just a cover for them exchanging money for the rebellion. Um, So another cool thing about this is that we see the hands stuff from Rebels, the, Mm -hmm. um, what is it called? It's uh, Mortis. Mortis, exactly. Mm -hmm. That was really Mortis. cool. It was a really cool call out. Um, so she goes in and she has this exchange with Luthen, and you know Luthen's kind of questioning them going forward with this. And Mon says, you know, like if we fail, like if we fall, I fall like the most. Like I like she has this, the most to lose. I have the most to lose exactly. Um, so that was a really interesting exchange. Mm-hmm. I am intrigued and I want to see them interact some more. Well, she even mentioned that she had a new driver because the Empire is watching her. Everything she does, everything she says is being watched. And it's not even yeah. necessarily like they haven't even talked about like if they're suspicious of her, if they think she's part of the rebellion. Like I, I kind of feel like it's just the Empire being the Empire, you know? Mm-hmm. Just being suspicious of everybody. It truly feels like she is so constrained. Everything about her feels restricted. And the actress um, playing Mon, like, once again, like, the acting is so good. 
you I love, feel that anxiety. Um, I love the moments when she gets into her car and you can physically see her, like, just let out a deep mm-hmm. breath. Like, she, like, it's very um, Padme Leia. She has this mask on and then she gets into the back of the car and she just, like, sinks. Like, mm-hmm. it's just... I mean, there's even that scene, so, like, it's in episode five, but, like, when she's in the car and she's, like, taking her earrings off, like, mm-hmm. that also, like, really stood out to me. And, like, she she has her husband in the car, so it's a little bit different, but just the act of her, like, taking that mask off just a little bit and kind of being, like, you know, like, I'm done with that. Like, obviously, they were coming from some kind of big, you know, party or something, and just her, like, settling back in, it just felt very human and it, it, it's like a type of scene that you wouldn't normally see in star wars shows it's just like a very quiet yeah. thing mm-hmm. you read about it in star wars books but you wouldn't see it on the screen yeah like just this simple act of her like them just sitting in this car and her like obviously being exhausted and like taking off like her big gigantic earrings mm-hmm. and all that like it just you can feel it um yeah, so we should talk about Perrin and Lita. Okay, like, so when she goes to her house, like, first of all, like I said, like, seeing how these people live is insane. Yeah, her See, place is extravagant. It, it's so extravagant. It She's, like, obviously very wealthy, which makes sense because she's, like, a very prestigious senator. And, like, she has been for a long time. Like, she works with Padme. She works with Bale, all of yeah. that. So, like, her, you know... House on Coruscant, like it, it makes sense, but it, it's all gold. It's white. Um, there's nature, which on Coruscant, there's a tree in her house. Yeah, like <laughs> that is extravagant for Coruscant because it, it's a planet that is just a city at this point. Yeah. So that in and of itself is really big. So like when she says like she has so much to lose, like she's right, and it's not even that this is the life she wants to live. Like she is trapped in this life. There's not a single move she can make with where she is. So like, despite this opulence, like we said before, like it's a gilded cage. She is completely trapped here. So we meet Perrin and he's horrible. Terrible. Oh, he sucks. Like, he basically invites people over that she does not like without saying anything. Just springs it on her. Well, it's not even that she doesn't like them. It's her, like, political rivals. Like, yeah. they don't like her. They don't take her seriously. Mm-hmm. And he just invites them over for a fun time. Yeah. The, oh, man. The scene where they're, like, talking about that, the body language the dialogue mm-hmm. or is like specifically so good. when he references the thing he bought her when mm-hmm. he's like oh you bought i heard you bought me something or something like that mm-hmm. for how he says it but like it's almost like a jab at like does he know that that was a like reading between the lines is he asking about the re- rebellion the stuff she's kind of doing under the table I kind of read it as him being very arrogant, almost. Like, yeah. he knows that, like, I think it's obvious, like, they do not have a good marriage. Like, I, I think they, she knows that he doesn't like her, and he knows that she doesn't like him. So, like, 
it's this arrogance of like, oh, you bought me something and just like jabbing at her. Like, why would you do that? There's like ulterior motives. It's not, it's not a gift because they, she wanted to get him a gift. Exactly. There's a whole reason to get something for him. Like it, yeah, he's definitely like kind of lording it over her. And like, they've been married since she was 16. Mm hmm. And so apparently, yeah, in like on what's the planet called? Uh, Cinderella. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like common to have arranged type marriages, which Which, once again fuel for fiction. Raylo is you. (laughs) You know who else is whole planet is Cinderella? (laughs) Benzola. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Anyways, but I have so many questions. Um, who is Perrin and why was this a good match for her? Like, what did um, the Mothma family get out of this marriage? Like, what made this connection happen? Like, what – I mean, we know Mon is a senator, but were her parents also senators? You know what I'm, like – clamoring for after these two episodes it, it's a mon mothma book like it, it's a oh my book gosh a la padawan you know leia princess yeah. of alderaan like leia I, princess of, Al- of alderaan yeah i totally. want a 16 yes. year old mon mothma arranged marriage getting book. married yeah like yeah i i want it and we also um find out that she has a daughter and after episode four, we were all like, oh, my gosh, she has a daughter. And then episode five, we meet her and we're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I would probably say Lita is, like, around 16, right? Yeah, like, which puts Ma so in, like, like, in her 30s. Yeah. But, like, do, do you think that they would also marry her off? Is that something that you think that they would do? I feel like... I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like Perrin, like, yes... But I don't know how traditional... Mon is too miserable to, yeah. to do that to her daughter. Like, I, I, I don't know how traditional, like, Mon is. Uh, which it, It's weird, because, like, all, all we see really is, like, her wanting the rebellion and, like, you know, bringing down the Empire. And, like, clearly she is a mother figure, because she's a mother figure to Leia. Um, she, you know, is motherly to Padme like and yet she has this daughter who's so terrible and like I think that's why like she I do think she is trying with Lita yeah but Lita like takes after her father and I think Lita also is feeling um like her mother isn't around and is too yeah, busy which is fair it I is fair. like I that is fair for Lita, but I could not believe how Lita was talking to her mom. Oh, I, I know. was shocked. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's giving so much attitude, and yeah, like, I don't even know what they were going to, but she was like, "You just want to be seen with me, like it's just for appearances," and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh my gosh!" But you know, like she's probably just like copycatting, like what oh. Karen does. Oh, she is like. That's like, how Perrin talks to Mon, so obviously she would also. Oh, 100%. Like, listen, I, my students, we can also see when that happens. Um, 
it is giving me a little bit like not to a not like to a huge extent, but how like Ben felt like Leia was always like too busy for him, and like mm-hmm. we find out, you know, like she was very wrapped up in this new government, and then it was with the resistance and all of that. So like there is an mm-hmm. interesting parallel happening with that. Yeah, but then with Ben, like. Han was a good father. Han was more a better person than parents. So when when we saw the same thing happen to Ben, he was more closed off and he went in in like in on himself he, he instead wasn't of acting out, out like her. yeah yeah mm-hmm. like his outward um, aggression came from tapping into the dark side. I feel. Because, yeah. like, we've always read him, and I do think it is fair to say, like, he was way more introverted. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, Lita, not to say that she's not an introvert, like, we can't tell, but she is definitely taking out her frustration and her feelings on her mom instead of internalizing it. Yeah. Every time we've gotten a mom scene so far, like, I just don't know how she doesn't just burst into tears. Like, every time I watch it, I'm like, if that were me, I would be sobbing. <laughs> like, I, the tension is painful yeah. watching those scenes. And she looks miserable. Yeah. 100%. I wasn't expecting this. Like, I mm-hmm. knew, you know, Mon was leader of the Rebellion, like, all this. But, like, I don't know. Something about Star Wars, like whenever it comes to the rebels, like there's always kind of like a pluckiness or like that kind of thing. Like, no, like this is like misery. This show does a very good job of making the world miserable. Like yeah. it just portrays the way it's shot. Even it's like, everyone's miserable. Everyone's miserable. Like there's <laughs> nothing good. Like even our people within the empire. Cause like our, our last character that we um, are introduced to is um, Dedra. Or, or Deidre, or however you say it's it. It's Deidre. Deidre, yeah. Um, who is an official within the Empire. And she's pretty high up. And, like, she reminds me of Cyril in that she she wants to do her job yes. well. And, like, mm-hmm. when she knows she's onto something, like, when she knows she's right, like, she has to follow through. And even she is miserable. She will, I mean, they won't give her the time of day either. Mm-mm. She's, like, kind of following the same path as um, Cyril, and it makes me wonder if she will also kind of not go rogue. I mean, she kind of is, like, kind of independently trying to solve things because she's not getting the okay from superiors. Like, you know, she's going to girl boss it. Yeah, she's really girl bossing her way um, through everything right now. And, like, Cyril, like, she is... Do she's playing it by the rules she's doing what she's supposed to be doing and everybody is still like just stop I I think like the Empire truly wants everybody to just they they don't want you to think for yourself they don't want you to take that kind of initiative and like have that kind of ambition they want you to just be content and even though like she clearly is happy with her role in the empire. It's still not, she's still not what she's supposed to be to them. It's very yeah. interesting to see her up against Mon because they're both in those positions of power and they're both fighting the system. Even if Deidre doesn't quite see that she is yet. Mm-hmm. So how do we think this mission's going to go? 
I don't know. I'm feeling bad about it. I am also feeling kind of bad about it. I'm pessimistic. Like, they're getting ready to go. Cassian's being like, you're right-handed. You're left-handed. You're right-handed. Okay, we're going to switch because this person, this person. Um, It still feels like a mess. It does feel like a mess. I, I kind of think that they're going to pull it off, but I don't think it's gonna be it's gonna be messy people are gonna die i think i think somebody's gonna die i i truly do Mm -hmm. um i i hate this but i kind of think it's gonna be senta why do i feel that too well it's because she is the healer she's the healer um she's out of all of them, like, obviously she still feels angry. She still feels like a fighter. She still feels strong. But, like, she's not, like, that foil for Cassian. Like, like her intentions are pure. Her intentions are other pure. Ca- are other characters. Like, if it wasn't her, it would be Nemec, which I can also see. Um, yeah. But Nemec, I don't think it would mean as much. Not that his death wouldn't mean anything, because it would. But, like, with um Vel and Cinta being involved. Wouldn't you love that like, you know, them finally showing a queer couple on screen? I know. And then that I know that is not a good look. It's not a good look, <laughs> but I, I feel like the reason it would be her is because like of the emotional stays. But yeah, then because like Vel brought him cycle. in and then this happened. Yeah. And like I, I agree though, like stop killing the gay people. Um, but out of all of those rebel characters, like she's the only one that I feel like would have enough emotional stakes for everyone. <sighs> okay, well let's hope everyone survives. <laughs> I know. Like let's I- hope because I like oh boy. I wanna think that this show is better than that. I know, I do too. And like, I don't know. They're, her and Vel are like off doing something else. So like, it it could be like, I don't know. I I feel like if somebody dies or doesn't get out alive, like, it's gonna be on, it's gonna weigh on Mm -hmm. Cassian. And I think Cassian's gonna finally feel like these people really were risking it all for this. Yeah. I think um, either they, someone dies or they get ratted out. Mm-hmm. I, I could see them getting away, but like not getting the, um, like the cargo, like the money that yeah. or the weapons I keep on that they're trying to steal. Thinking that it's like coaxium or something. I know. Like but... it's kind of. <laughs> I think it's weapons. I, I think it's weapons. Um, it doesn't really matter, but like I, I could see them like getting in and it things don't go as planned, and like they escape, but like they don't get what they came for. So then it's like, what was the mm-hmm. point of it all? You know, like I could see that too. Okay, well, we'll see. We I mean, will see. The, the whole point is, like, Cassian, like, becoming the Cassian we see in Rogue One. And, like, he mm-hmm. still has a long way to go. Like, he's yeah. he's not there yet. 
And like as I'm saying this, like I keep like looking up because that's where my Andor poster is. <laughs> so he's like looking down. <laughs> oh man, I just the show is so good. Is so good, and like I, I was telling my my friend at work about it because like he's like slowly like getting into Star Wars. Like obviously he's not in it like we are, um, but like he is watching Star Wars and watching the shows and all that. And I asked if he'd watched Andor yet, and he said no. And I said, like, this is truly a show where I think you could get, like, this could be a starting point, And it yeah. would make you so excited about Star Wars. Well, <laughs> disappointed after. <laughs> I feel like starting at Andor just sets you up for a lot of disappointment. <laughs> Honestly, like, I agree that it's a great starting point. Like, I think that, like we were saying last episode, um, that it feels like it's a show that is just written within the Star Wars universe. They're, they wrote a show, and then they're like, okay, let's make it take place here. Um, you know what it is? I feel... <laughs> what? Andor is lost stars, but for, like, the visual media. Mm-hmm. Because it's yeah. like, where's the best place to start a Star Wars book? Lost Stars. But then, like, everything's bad after. It's the same era, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, like, I mean, I, yeah, if you start at Andor, I feel like you're kind of setting yourself up for disappointment. <laughs> um, I mean, there's there's obviously a lot of other good stuff, but you're, like, starting at a high. And then you're, and then you're going to be like, well, you know what? I'm going to watch Mandalorian. I want to watch. Um, that is true. I, I'm. <laughs> I think it. it it's weird because, like, I want to say, like, it, it. It's good for people who don't know a lot about Star Wars because obviously it's rewarding if you do. But I think like it has such potential to like spark that fire in you to be like, wow, like this is really deep. This is really yeah. interesting because like that's what got me so deep into it because like. I watched Force Awakens and I liked it. Like, I, I, I liked the idea of Raylo, but, like, I wasn't, like, deep yet. And I watched Rogue One and I liked it. And, like, that's when I was kind of like, okay. Like, there's a lot yeah. going on here. And then, yeah. you know, I went back and I watched the other movies. It was still good, whatever. And then it was The Last Jedi and how deep it went. And yeah. how, like, you could theorize and see how things were connected that, like, hooked me. And that's the feeling I get watching Andor. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would say, like, Kenobi definitely was that, like, feeling I have not felt since, you know, Last Jedi. But Andor is, like, itching that, like, I'm looking for predictions. I'm sensing these characters' emotion. Yeah. Like, I feel that connection. Like, it, it's really given me that. Mm-hmm. With Kenobi being such a tight story, there's, like, less room for predictions because you kind of knew that the two couldn't kill each other, Mm kind of knew where it was going. You knew that Leia was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, we know know Cassian's going to be okay. We know Mon Mothma's going to be okay. But But there's so many other characters. There are so many other characters. And there's so much time. Like, obviously, they're not going to die, but that doesn't mean that, like, things aren't going to happen. Like, I mm-hmm. am excited to see Mon's impending divorce. Yes. I want to see her getaway car era. I honestly think, like, she's going to run away. Yeah. Like, sh- something's going to happen. Like, she's, she's going to be snap. outed or something. Like, and she's going to have to run away. Yeah. 
I and honestly, I think if anybody's gonna out her, it's gonna be Perrin. Yeah. I think Perrin's gonna turn her in. And that's a lot. And I like with Cassian, like obviously we know he's not gonna die, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to have a roller coaster of a ride. Because he is. <laughs> yeah. And there's tons of other like new characters like Cyril. We got Deidre. We got Luthen. We got Marva. Like all those characters. What's going to happen to them? Do we think if Cyril really is Javert, is he going to have the same ending as Javert? I don't know. I don't know. I honestly, like, I, I would, I'd be sad, obviously, but, like, I wouldn't hate it if they really did give him, like, a Les Mis story. Arc, yeah. Like, with Cassian being his Jean Valjean. Like, I wouldn't hate it. I, obviously, I don't want him to die. He's baby boy. I want to see him be fashion icon. But, like, <laughs> that is a really interesting story to tell within the Star Wars universe. Yeah. So is there anything else about these episodes? I don't think so. We got a poster for Tales of the Jedi. I forgot we about We did that. get a poster for Tales of the Jedi. That's coming up very soon, October 26th. Yeah. And they're going to drop all Are, at once. Yeah. I feel like we should do like a little mini episode for that. I think we should. I, I think it needs its mm-hmm. own episode to breathe for sure. Because that it's going to be good. Like we saw that first episode like this show honestly like between that and Andor right now and like High Republic like (sighs) Star Wars is having a a really good moment right now yeah and it disappoints me because I don't know where Mando's gonna go and obviously Ahsoka is Ahsoka but (laughs) for right now like (sighs) the storytelling is very good I'm so excited for you to read Path of Deceit, too, because it's so good. Yeah. Whenever you have that moment. <laughs> no, I know. I think I'm thinking about maybe bringing it, because it's Thanksgiving this weekend in Canada. Maybe I'll bring it with me. I kind of think but it's one of those also books. Dreamlight Valley. I, I know. But I kind of think it's one of those books where, like, you are going to devour it. Yeah, like, you can just, like, read it really quickly. It's just, I have to put down Dreamlight Valley. Oh, I know. Like, tomorrow <laughs> is, like, my first official day of fall break because I get to sleep in. And I'm like, you are going to finish. Uh, you are going to finish Path of the Sea and not play Dreamlight Valley all day. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's so good. I'm excited to see more Andor and I cannot wait until the next issue of Andor Beat Magazine. It's such a juicy issue. It's such a good issue. <laughs> uh, but if you want to keep the conversation going, you can find us pretty much always on Twitter at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>